This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Middle East Report studio in Washington, D.C. Check out our website, districtsentinel.com. Subscribe over at patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Congress is out of session. The news isn't exactly flowing, so we've got an interview lined up for today's show. We spoke with writer and host of the 49th Parahel podcast, Rob Rousseau. Now, last time we had Rob on the show, he had just been the focus of several Fox News segments after a now notorious and still funny as hell tweet Rob did about MS-13. Well, he's attracted the ire of far right-wing shitlords once again, this time for something he said about Cyclops racist Dan Crenshaw. So we talked to Rob about all of that (laughs) and also about what has been a pretty contentious issue on Twitter lately. Should Bernie Sanders have gone on Fox News? So so was this for you? I guess we'll get into it, but I just this is for an eye joke or something. Yeah, well, you know, there's the whole thing with Crenshaw and Ilan Omar and the Trump tweet about 9-11. Right, right, right. And uh, it seems like. After Crenshaw had kind of whipped up this little outrage mob, maybe he was kind of trying to like walk it back a little bit and saying like, hey, I was just pointing out the facts of what you said. And I just said, no, you're deliberately lying. And I called him an eyeless fuck. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a little bit, it was late at night. I had maybe had, I had maybe been drinking a little bit and uh, wasn't, it wasn't quite as, as, uh, you know, careful with, with my, my, my civility, my civility as I maybe would have been uh, otherwise. All right. All right. So, well, that's, and here's one thing, here's one thing I wanted to ask you too, because I got some blowback from this because people were saying like, I, I misused, you know, to me, if you're missing an eye, you can be eyeless. But other, some people were saying that, no, no, you have to have both. You have to be missing both eyes for that to count. But Definitely not. I don't know. You have two eyes. If you're eyeless, it could mean you're just missing one eye. I don't well, think so. Actually, I th- I, I'm going to have to agree with Rob's critics here because imagine yeah. you had two apples and then suddenly you you publicly lost one of the apples and you only had one apple. You wouldn't call that person appleless. You would say they are without but, but one eyes apple. eyes are an inherent part of like of, of- – of most people, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Look, you call the one-armed man the one-armed man, not an armless man. If you call him an armless man, you're going to assume that he is missing two arms. Yeah, okay. Well, let's agree to disagree on this. Agree and to was, disagree. I, Rob, you could have <laughs> called him a, a Cyclops bitch like I did. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's why I wanted to talk to you, uh, the Sams, about it, because I saw you I saw you in the, the Menchies about this uh uh, giving me some backup on this, which I appreciated. Definitely, a- absolutely, absolutely, will so, come so to how Rob's does... rescue. I mean, it's it's it is quite astonishing when. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not surprising in the context of America being a very uh, militaristic culture where we have to bend over backwards for people who pick up guns and shoot at poor people for uh, multinational corporations. Uh, but it it is kind of astonishing the way that Dan Crenshaw is basically getting a pass throughout the entire media yep. <laughs> for 
defending a guy who has been accused of the most heinous war crimes since the Vietnam era. And we're talking about uh, Izzy Breen did a good job of, of pointing this out on Twitter. Uh, the, yeah. f- the former uh, Ellison s- uh, staffer who tweeted, who accidentally retweeted Benny Hanna up in this bitch. <laughs> but sor- Le- sorry, Izzy. It's going to follow him so- sorry, every- Izzy. forever. You could be known for doing a lot worse. <laughs> but this this guy, uh, uh, what's his name? Gallagher, Eddie Gallagher. He's accused of uh, taking shots at civilians with sniper rifles. He's accused of cutting a, a, a detained ISIS fighter's head off and uh, and and threatening his fellow Navy SEALs if 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 they ratted him out. And this is not necessarily a guy that you want to be sticking your neck out to defend if you're also whipping up uh, an, an Islamophobic campaign. Like, I get yeah. the nature of Crenshaw's letter. It was, oh, this Eddie Gallagher guy shouldn't be in solitary confinement or whatever. But, like, if you're going to defend a war criminal, if you're also running on the fact that you fucking served in Fallujah, site of the worst war crimes, and if you're leading a fucking Muslim-hating hate mob then you know maybe these things should be talked about more but no one's talking about this Gallagher uh Dan Crenshaw episode no and and what we saw with this this conservative media cycle that ended up kind of flaring up around this is that you know this is what Crenshaw's up to he's kind of deliberately uh fanning the flames of this hate mob for his fucking colleague uh, when in a time when like muslims are being gunned down in mosques by by white nationalists like that that support the Republican Party and support Donald Trump. Um, so he's doing that. He's also defending this sick fucking war criminal. Uh, but then when you when the conservative media weighs in, the story becomes Dan Crenshaw's a victim because people were being mean about his his eye on Twitter.com. And like, can you believe these sick leftists like mocking this this hero? And it's just it's so I mean, it's it's so brazen to me how how this this dance that they do over and over and over again, whether it's Crenshaw or any any other one of these ghouls, uh, where they go on the offensive, they you know violate all these norms, civility norms. They they whip up this big uh, hateful frenzy, and then they're saying, "Oh, I'm being victimized by people, uh, you know, mocking my my war injury." My war injury, which suddenly I am making an issue because I signed up to fight in multiple wars and use it for my career. And, hey, I wonder if these two things are linked. The fact that I fucking signed up to do serve three tours in, in vile fucking pointless wars. And now and now and now I'm whipping up a mob against against Muslims. Yeah, and I mean it's so it's so predictable this whole thing with Ilan Omar to see it play out. Um, I mean, anyone could have predicted that, like, oh yeah, the first uh, hijabi woman congressperson, of course she's going to be targeted and called a terrorist and and all this stuff. Uh, but to see it like happen so quickly, pretty much after the her her election, and the way they've just like completely not really been subtle about any of this stuff, and it's not just like the the talk radio guys or conservative media commentators. It's the fucking president and like Congress people and getting assists by liberals, which is the even more uh, mind blowing thing about it. I honestly wonder if there's anything that Dan Crenshaw could say that would elicit any sort of condemnation uh, from conservatives and from just like liberals in general. I mean, his, his, his 
his profile was boosted after the whole SNL thing when New York liberals bought this idea that we have to have uh, total adoration and deference for our troops. Um, that's a pretty common theme in the discourse right now. And that's what elevated Crenshaw. And it seems to be a, a, a factor that continues to, I guess, inculcate him uh, from from all the awful shit he says and does regularly. I mean, he was running a, a Pizzagate Facebook page before he was elected to Congress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by the way, I don't like SNL is so bad. And that was like the one funny fucking thing I've yeah. seen Pete Davidson say during his time on SNL. Exactly. So, of course, they walked it. Of course, they walked it back the next week and brought him on and kissed his ass in front of it and made him into this national like, yes. uh, hero for the Republican Party. Great job, guys. So breaking down some of the uh, what's at the heart of this totally manufactured controversy, you have Ilhan Omar talking, giving a lecture uh, to CARE, a Muslim civil rights group, about 9-11 and mentioning that... Uh, Every, every one of them are are being collectively punished for a bad thing for 9-11. And the fact that she really fixating on her words that some people did something, which is really just the most throwaway remark anyone could ever make. That's like... Yeah, it was a completely non-controversial statement. I mean, she's just stating the fact right. that Muslims were, in, as in general, were demonized because of the actions of a few dozen people. Um <laughs> That's complete. I mean, what the fuck is the problem with that? So, I mean, the, um, that some of these people who like people like Dan Crenshaw, especially who front like they are impervious to ever being offended by anyone. Now they're like they're, they're obviously melting down. It's fake because they want to whip up hatred against Muslims. But nevertheless, they are melting down. Because fundamentally, Omar's not using the right words to kiss America's ass. So I don't know. No, Do and that's one that's one thing that I've been kind of mentioning too is that I think I, I, she was always going to be a target for them, but the fact that she didn't get the message when they first came after her, and she won't just shut up and stop, kind of you know, asking questions about imperialism, asking questions about the United States relationship with Israel. And she's made it clear that she's not going to be intimidated by these kind of bad, bad faith uh, mobs. You can see it's like their the gears are turning in their head and they're like, OK, now what do we have to do to fucking shut her up? Yeah, it's gotten worse. I mean, you have the latest stuff is people going on Fox to claim that Ilhan Omar is a member of Hezbollah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, how, how, how bad does this get? How bad is this going to get? Well, it's, I saw it with with uh, Notre Dame and in. Paris as well that was burning and she like wasn't prof properly deferential enough to like oh yeah to to Christianity during her message so people were mad about that people were saying are you in Paris right now did you set the fucking Notre Dame on fire <laughs> and it's like wow these you, are is there any chance this backfires for college Republicans who basically pretend they're oppressed because they're unfuckable because no one likes their bad ideas and 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 they uh you know the the the, Dan, the younger dan crenshaws of the world who pretend they can never be offended does, does this somehow Yeah, of course and then are constantly offended by every single fucking thing that anybody ever says i think so you know what i think like I think it, it entrenches the people that are currently involved in that ecosystem and it, it reinforces all their tactics and it's going to – all the people that are already involved in you know college conservatism and all this stuff, 
I think it reinforces a lot of stuff that they already believe. But I think overall, when you look at young people, young politically active people, like the 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 notions of America's like unassailable relationship with Israel, the conversation on that is starting to shift, and people's opinions are starting to shift. And she's on the right side of that. Um, so I think it, while it is kind of there is that entrenched conservative uh, element, and they're never gonna you know they're never gonna they're always just gonna continue find reasons to to uh, be offended to uh, to claim that she's some kind of fucking terrorist or anything. But overall, I think she's speaking for most of the activists and progressive people that are trying to get involved in the Democratic Party right now. So uh, one more thing on this issue. Uh, uh, you were saying before that you called Crenshaw an eyeless fuck, and we've explained the reasons why you did, and they're fairly justified. Although he could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, although, yeah, technically, it, you, you, you probably could have called him a one-eyed fuck. Uh, and so technically you were wrong there, but... <laughs> Uh, that aside, you were highlighted again by the conservative media who uh, who you were once dragged on Fox News for an obvious joke saying I my daughter should date an MS-13 member mm. over a Republican, uh, which also, you know, where's the lie? It, but but I, I've noticed on your Twitter feed, like you got one guy who who tweeted that he was going to come after you with guns or something, and uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Where you screen capped it and tagged him, and now his account is <laughs> suspended because like yeah, fuck that I, I'm guy. Getting, but, I've been getting dozens of that, dozens of those kinds of messages too. But that I guess like I try not to make a big deal of it, but I did want to make an example of that one guy because he just seemed like a particularly like fucking loathsome. <laughs> suburban like hot tub dealership manager <laughs> mcmansion ass guy so i just you know but i've been getting just hundreds and hundreds of those kinds of messages from people are, are these are these still dating back to the ms13 uh thing or are these new related to your dan crenshaw thing like how much are you still feeling the effects of being targeted by fox news over a ms13 tweet <laughs> I'll get a few of those. I mean, the the main effect that it's had for me is that I have like a way larger platform now than I did. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of so new followers, they, probably. Yeah, so so they they basically helped me out a little bit with that. I still hear from it uh, sometimes, but over the last little while, it's been. I mean, this people are really conservatives, especially. I mean, are so fucking obsessed with the this idea of the military and this kind as this sacrosanct thing that you can never possibly say anything against. And I think that's one of the reasons that I, I, I like to go after guys like that. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, I, I kind of believe in going after the sacred cows of the right, especially places that liberals have kind of been unwilling to, to go in terms of like their discourse. And yeah. So if a guy like Crenshaw is like is hinting at the idea that, Oh, I can't be, I can't possibly be criticized or, or anything because of my war record and this, this visible war injury have I have, well then it's like, well, no, I'm going to, <laughs> make fun of you for that exact thing because I don't I don't care about you, any you, of that. But you, people you would get say so you would sensitive put, about it. Though. You're, you're going to put your finger in his eye or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> have you have yeah, you had exactly. any conversations with uh, Luke O'Neill, who is uh, kind of dealing with something similar after he <laughs> wrote an article talking about who is he who is whose meal was he talking about pissing in or something? Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal's <laughs> meal. <laughs> that was great, and that's it. 
that to me was a story too that didn't get a lot of traction. The fact that the Boston Globe took down his editorial after yeah. it was seen by editors, after they published it, gave it the okay, and they caved to the, uh, yet another one of these fucking bad faith uh, uh, conservative outrage mobs. But yeah, I did. I can kind of compared my menchies with him this morning, and they're both pretty rough right now. They're pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad stuff. <laughs> well, uh, hang in there, Rob. So much for the free speech right. <laughs> Just think of all yeah. the new followers you're getting. Um, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, and hey, to be honest, like I, I intentionally provoke these people a yeah. lot. Complain about it that much. Uh, to me, maybe you know, talking about killing me or talking about my family or my kids and stuff. That to me is a little bit over the line. Yeah. Um, but I try. And, I'm not trying to play the victim card either. I mean, I, I do say shit online intentionally to provoke these people because I don't like them. And I, it's funny to me, but you know, maybe they could dial it back a little bit. You know, it's just, it's a fucking congressman. He's fine. You know, he's Dan Crenshaw is going to be fine. He's yeah. Drawing a good salary right now. I mean, you don't need to like, you don't need to fucking threaten to kill my family because, uh, I was mean to the, the guy with, with the eye patch. And, you know, and, and just as you, uh, like to make these people's lives difficult, if you can get one of their accounts nuked, so be it. I'm not saying like, you know, tear your shirt cause, cause it's coming fucking... from a guy who's had two accounts <laughs> nuked here. He knows, he knows the pain. <laughs> well, yeah. And Hey, like I, I, with what I was doing last night with that guy that was that was sending that message about hunting me down or whatever, I wanted to show because I just called him out and said, "Hey, sorry, what what did you mean by that? Like, what can you just like describe exactly like what's going to happen?" <laughs> and, and I kept pushing him, and then everyone kind of kept asking about this, and then eventually he was like, "Oh no, I got your attention. What I would actually do is." buy you a drink and then we can talk about <laughs> all right and i'm like yeah that's right asshole that's what i fucking thought because it shows that none of these people that they get all these these fucking like boomers on that are joined facebook in 2013 and just melted their brains uh you know they they spout off a lot about this kind of stuff and they're but they're not gonna you know it, it's not gonna lead to anything i think most of the time i think our listeners should check out uh your twitter profile for those who haven't which would probably be very few at rob Rousseau. your pin tweet is uh a perfect example of how to deal really well with uh some of the dms you've received related to the ms13 stuff yeah i've become an expert on that that type of shit yeah um let's uh let's talk about one of the uh debate topics of the week here uh on the left uh, about Bernie going on Fox News, uh, a network you're pretty familiar with since they've obsessed with yep. you for a short time. Um, Bernie Sanders receiving rave reviews for his Fox News town hall. Um, he he did a phenomenal job on it. I don't I I never doubted that he would do a great job. He's one of the best communicators uh, I've seen in my lifetime uh, as a politician. Um, but uh, I obviously did have problems with him going on Fox News and still do. And I get that a lot of people disagree with me, including you, Rob. Although, Rob, you haven't uh, taken to calling me a donut liberal all day long on Twitter over it. <laughs> well, no, we, we politely disagree. Yeah. That's OK. Right. Yeah, we have but, a marketplace of ideas. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is how do, how do we define the the benefit Bernie received by going on Fox News? Is this something we have to just wait and see on polls afterward or if he gets an uptick in donations? Because um, I'm not sure just like a, a viral video is enough to carry him forward until until Iowa, until these contests starts. And on the other hand, I can definitely define success for Fox News here. They got 700,000 new viewers than they or more viewers than they normally get 
in that time slot than they got in that time slot from last Monday. Um, uh, that's because Bernie is a huge draw. When when he's on TV, people watch. It's why CNN had so many Bernie town halls uh, after Trump's election, because people like watching Bernie on TV. And I'm guessing most of these new viewers were probably people who already supported Bernie and leftists. I mean, I saw everybody on Twitter during the town hall telling people to tune in to Bernie's town hall. And Fox now, after being denied a Democratic debate, now has Democrats tripping over themselves to appear on the network. So Fox News went from having uh, no say, essentially, in the Dem primary to being one of the main platforms for Democrats to campaign on. And in the days since the town hall, Fox News has ramped up its attacks on Bernie and will obviously be an opposition force to any sort of socialist agenda for the foreseeable future. So uh, I, I guess the first question is, you know, how, how should we define this as being beneficial to Bernie? And two, how do we sort of balance these two competing things of uh, Bernie needs to win an election and Fox News is an incredibly destructive force to the leftist agenda in the United States. Right. Well, I think the main benefit for Bernie that I saw from that is it shows what a what a Trump-Bernie debate is going to look like. And it doesn't look great for Trump, I don't think. Um, and, and Bernie has a way... Like he does saying, seem scared on Twitter. Yeah, and I think that's that's a benefit right off the bat. You can see that it he's he tweeted about it like four or five times to how confused he was that like people were cheering for him and that he you know he his his devoted minions weren't just like booing him out of the building. Uh, so I think that bodes well for for what he's going to be able to do if he does manage to secure this this primary. But I guess the the second part of the question is is the more the trickier part. And then like that's the thing. Uh, I completely get where you're coming from on that. Like I would never disagree that Fox is a, is a terrible uh has a terrible effect on American society and conservative media in general all over the place is uh, extremely destructive and is is something that needs to be kind of dealt with. Uh, I guess the thing is for me, and another thing that you pointed out is that a lot of Democrats are now kind of up, up, uh, you know, wanting to go on and have that kind of same kind of exposure. But I think Bernie is the one that's kind of uniquely suited to actually benefit from that and actually hurt Fox by going on. Because what a lot of other Democrats are going to end up doing is going on and kind of framing and trying to appeal to, to conservatives by kind of couching their their policies in, and, and talking about their conservative bona fides instead of just like unapologetically showing what their agenda is going to be. Um, and I, I guess that's the thing for me is I think Fox does need to be shut down. And I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of the work that people that I'm that I know are doing to to help that happen. But I think to me, part of the strategy for getting rid of Fox should be that while it's there, I think I think progressives, whether it's Bernie Sanders or, or other people that have gone on Fox, like Liz Brunig, I thought did a great job on Fox or Katie Halper, but people that are able to go on and present a, a positive vision that contrasts with the propaganda that that they're inundating people with every single day. Um, it, you know, it's this huge captive audience and. Obviously, there's a there's a big chunk of Fox viewers and Republican voters who are just at this point bad people. They're irredeemable. I do get that, but I do think, especially when it comes to Bernie talking about things like healthcare and and talking about these things that material matters that affect people's lives, there are people that he's going to be able to uh, give them pause and start having start maybe asking questions about the type of thing that they've been watching all the time. 
Um, and that's where, you know, I, I understand the, the ways that it does help Fox just by bringing in viewers. But I do think part of, yeah, that's what I was saying. Part of the strategy to dealing with Fox is to kind of to use that platform and subvert the message that they're trying to, to put out there. I, I definitely think he did a good job rhetorically. I'm just uh, not – I think that he could sit there and basically shit on Brett Baer uh, uh, as much as he wanted. And then <laughs> all, all the marketing people are, are, are popping champagne because uh, in a time of difficulty for – uh, selling ad space on Fox. Here comes it, the, the are probably the front runner in the Democratic campaign. Uh, that that sets a whole new tone on it. And I'm I'm sympathetic to the idea that he definitely should be reaching out to conservative strongholds. But if anything, didn't 2016 show that cable news gatekeepers are kind of passe? I mean, yes, I get that he possibly uh that it's easy it's existing it's there but i mean it's not necessarily the only it, it, it's not like bernie's options are uh go on to Fo uh, don't reach out to conservatives at all or go on to fox uh especially when as we've been talking about it's just like a completely corrosive institution and a lightning rod for white nationalists yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they were on there in, in this sort of like uh, white power hour with the uh, conservative with, uh, you know, Tucker and Handy on them. And they were they were doubling down on all their extremely extreme racism and uh, Islamophobia and that stuff. So and that's why it's that's why it's a tricky conversation that not everyone totally agrees with. Yeah, uh, I guess that's just I guess that's just always been my position about Fox, like before Bernie announced this whole thing. I I like when progressives go on Fox and push back against the narrative that they're they're putting out there. Um, and there's a big difference between people that do that and people that like go on Carl Tucker Carlson and basically co-sign a lot of their most heinous viewpoints without naming any individuals that are maybe doing that. <laughs> without without uh, naming any Gren Gleenwalds. <laughs> I want to say I do think I agree with you. I do think Katie Halper did a pretty decent job uh, when she was on. Yeah, she sort of disrupted the segment to where nobody could actually really talk about anything, which, um, you know, I'm not sure she changed anyone's minds going on there. And I, and I am I, like, I'm not sure the effect that um, leftists going on Fox and winning debates has outside of left Twitter. But I, and I'm not sure how we can quantify that, just like I'm not sure how we can even quantify any of any of how how Bernie Sanders going on Fox would help him. I mean, I think Bernie's going to win the primary. I think Bernie's going to win the election. I've been saying that for months. He's the front runner. So, uh, you know, if he wins, I guess people can say it's because of Fox. But I know for a fact that if he doesn't win somehow, I'm going to blame it on this Fox, <laughs> fucking Fox News town hall. I think what we can agree on, too, is that the, the actual, like, donut liberals that are making a big deal of this are incredibly hypocritical because oh, considering yes. like considering yeah. like most of what the democratic party's platform has been over the last like 10 years has been pitched directly to conservatives in the first place and that's with shitty policies that they think conservatives are going to like so i think the idea of going and talking to conservatives but not dumbing down your agenda and not diluting it and not uh trying to make it palatable for them there is real value and when especially when you see i think it was just 
the proof is kind of in the pudding for me. You, as you said, it's it just it, I think it was a propaganda coup for for Bernie. Trump is freaking out about it, uh, and it proved that an unapologetic progressive agenda can resonate with conservative voters. Whether you can see it in this Fox News clip, but you can also, when you start to imagine Bernie going to doing town halls in more conservative places and talking to these folks, you can see it's like a proof of concept that he's going to be able to do that, and that's going to be a big part of of winning the election, which I also agree he is going to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I, I, I haven't seen a politician uh, as effective as Bernie Sanders ever before. And I mean, where I'm coming from here is after I've after, you know, Charlottesville and all these other uh, acts of right wing fascist violence, um, my opinions toward Fox have hardened considerably in the last few years. And also, I mean, I'm just trying to be consistent here when I fought with Glenn Greenwald for a year about him going on Fox News that like, you know, I, I have to apply that to, to most people here. And I, I'm not one of the people who see much of a difference between uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News's news programming. Um, I think that Fox News's news programming allows for Tucker Carlson to uh, exist, that they're sort of they're one in the same, that they're beneficial to each other. So, um, you know, naturally, I'm saying that 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 Bernie shouldn't go on either. If I don't think any leftist should go on, that includes Bernie. And um I guess I get though why people people argue that you should make an exception for Bernie uh, in this case. Yeah, and you know what? I, we agree completely about this sort of insidious uh, and dangerous nature of, of Fox News and conservative media. I guess people have different ideas for the best way to deal with that, but I think we're all on the same page that ultimately this is like kind of a threat to our society, especially we think sort of how radical they've gotten just over the last. Um, couple of years to say nothing of the Obama era. Uh, it's just a question of, of uh, how you confront that problem. And to me, I like Bernie's approach to it. But again, I, I completely get the other viewpoint as well. And I, I have a lot of respect for people that are doing work to to starve Fox of advertisers and to, to make an impact like that. So it's just not, it's a bit of a gray area. And I think there's, there's room to disagree and, and not completely be on the same page about this. Um, on the left. There's definitely room to disagree, and I especially can appreciate someone like you uh, uh, taking the opposite viewpoint of us uh, because uh, you have had your own platform boosted by Fox News uh, for for them uh, uh, doing exactly what you wanted them to when you trolled them. And I, I found myself sitting here hoping that Fox News would clip uh, part of this show where we debate over the state of Crenshaw's eyes and play it on their <laughs> broadcast to get their viewers whipped up. And I'm sure all the people who hate watch Fox news, uh, who are, you know, have their own confirmation bias already would, would, would be drawn to us. And we would probably be grateful for Fox news boosting us, uh, by mocking Dan Crenshaw for being uh, a piece of shit who, who lost an eye. We will yeah, if, if they do promote us though we will reject it. We'll say we don't want it, but we'll No, if they it. ask us to come on, we won't come on the show, but if Tucker Carlson is like, remember Rob Rousseau, get a load of this and then plays the clip of us debating, you know calling him a Cyclops bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, like that whole the the MS thirteen Fox News thing with me. Like I was saying, it did help me to like boost my my profile. But also, one of the things I was kind of proud about about that whole incident was that I kind of managed to smuggle in some conservative, some like 
subversive ideas into this conservative media ecosystem. Um, like I, I'm just looking at the, the article about Fox News and they included my tweet where I said um, people are melting down over this joke, which I guess was the point. But in all seriousness, your elected representatives pose a far greater threat to you and your family's security than an El Salvadorian prison gang you'll never <laughs> once in your boring life have to interact with. <laughs> and that, that to me is like that's that's kind of my what I think about conservative media and Fox News is that I think while those platforms are there, it's possible. It's not easy, but it is possible for more progressive people to like smuggle in ideas that that these people aren't exposed to often. Well, I, I'm like, gonna, I don't I, cheekily get the last word on on this and say that it would have been nice if uh bernie was not the first democrat to do it i can imagine the pete Buttigieg momentum being totally thwarted had he been the first democrat to appear on fox uh and everyone uh pouncing on him for for doing so and that would have been good as hell i think because fuck pete Buttigieg and uh fuck going on fox <laughs> Rob, have you have you been able to launder the message to Fox viewers that assault rifle that AR stands for assault rifle? <laughs> That's a bit of a stickier one. I'm still working on convincing them on that, and uh, I'm you know I'm trying. I try to get the message out there, but they just don't want to believe it. They don't want to listen to me. Uh, last bit on this, and then uh, we'll 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 wrap this up. Uh, you brought up uh, the the Fox News boycott. I think you had Jordan Ewell on your podcast a few weeks ago. Didn't yeah. you? Um, and yep. he's, he's, he's kind of behind that. And, uh, Jordan, I, I'm not familiar how Jordan identifies his Paul. Jordan's a friend of ours, but I've never really talked to him about his politics, but obviously like media matters and these institutions are, are liberal institutions. Obviously like yeah. liberalism is a bankrupt ideology since it doesn't factor in any sort of class analysis whatsoever. And liberals are, uh, are a, a oppositional force to socialists taking power. These are all true. Um, at the same time, uh, do you, do you see any problem with how people have like, kind of had a knee jerk reaction to uh, dismissing the Think Progress advertiser boycott or the Media Matters advertiser boycott simply because they are liberals that are doing it? I think so. Um, I think what Media Matters does is really important. And yeah, Media Matters is not out there criticizing Democrats or talking about what's coming happening on CNN or MSNBC. Yeah. Despite the fact that there's plenty of stuff you could talk about because that's just yeah. not their job. Yeah, um, that's our job. And I think, it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you if you recognize that, then it's it shouldn't be a big problem because otherwise, the fact that they're doing in covering specifically conservative media and Fox is, I think, really important. And I, I know a lot of people at Media Matters now, and they're the people that I know there are not like you know, centrist, uh, dipshits, you they're know, not they're defending Nira on Twitter in the, over the last few days. No, no. And uh, in private conversations, a lot of these folks are a lot more radical than they're really able to, to talk about in yeah. the context of their jobs. Um, so I, I get the knee jerk reaction, especially considering like the kind of ties media matters has to like folks like David Brock. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of get that, but An absolute ghoul, David Brock. Yeah, just a huge piece of shit. Uh, but I do think what the work that they're doing is really important. And if you understand that, like, they're not they're not going to be out there criticizing Democrats, you can still take the work that they're doing at face value, uh, and it is valuable. The, the the what they're covering and the way that they're exposing conservative media for what it is. Uh, I guess the problem is that they're the audience is still kind of ensconced in that bubble. So I'm not sure that they're like 
convincing anyone that isn't already convinced, but I still think it is important work that they're doing. Rob Rousseau, writer, uh, also a gun expert. <laughs> <Just kidding. Yeah. laughs> um, that's, that's correct. Since we had you on, you've started a new podcast, 49th Parahel. Uh, tell the audience about it and where they can listen to it. Uh, yeah, well, it's just, um, as I was saying, I over the last year or so, my, my platform on Twitter especially has gotten quite a lot larger. So I kind of wanted to take advantage of that and start my own show um, where I can talk about, I'm kind of, it's just me that does it. So I'm free to kind of talk about Canada or talk about America, kind of whatever is going on in the news cycle. Uh, and have different people on each week to kind of explain stuff to me because I'm not I'm not very smart. <laughs> um, but I've been it, it's been really great so far. The reaction has been really really uh, positive. Uh, people seem to dig it. And uh, so you can find that over on Twitter at 49th Parahel and SoundCloud and all the the uh, podcast apps. Uh, but it's been uh, it's been cool. I was a guest uh, on one. We talked about. Brett Kavanaugh, and yeah. I feel like I usually don't make good predictions, but I think I made some pretty decent calls on that about yeah. Murkowski, at least for one. Yeah, no, that was great. That was uh, it was it was great. It was it was cool, and um, I think we both we both availed ourselves quite well actually in that in that discussion. I think we we saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> did, did either of you predict that uh, Time Magazine would be profiling him in an article written by Mitch McConnell today? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but uh, I'm sure one of us probably could have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just a, a, kind of a common thing with the modern world. Just If you just predict the absolute dumbest and worst thing, <laughs> probably you're going to see some variation of that eventually. Yeah. And yeah. That, uh, that it was next to... Rousseau's razor. Yeah. Rousseau's <laughs> yeah. It was right next to a profile of Christine Blasey Ford, too. So it was even dumber and yeah. worse than we had previously described it. But you do got to hear both sides, though. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Rousseau, follow him on Twitter at Rob Rousseau. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, fellas. It was, it was a pleasure. Pleasure yes. as always. Thanks again to Rob. That'll do it for District Sentinel Radio today. Once again, consider subscribing for longer newscasts Monday through Thursday. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Thanks to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, the Middle East Report. Find it at merip.org. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.